You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Tuesday, March 1st. Today we're talking about Russia's war in Ukraine, which could spur another global chip shortage. That's because Ukraine is home to half of the world's neon gas, which is critical for manufacturing semiconductor chips. Before we get into today's top story, remember to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, two-thirds of freelancers on Fiverr say they're servicing the NFT industry, but is it sustainable? Checking in on Wired Science, we're looking at unlocking the secrets of autism with gene-edited brain organoids. And on Wired Security, we take a peek inside the lab where Intel tries to hack its own chips. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. On Thursday morning, explosions rocked at least seven cities in Ukraine, heralding the start of a full-scale Russian invasion. Among Putin's first targets was Odessa, a seaside city huddled around the Black Sea, and one of the country's busiest ports. But it is also the home of a little-known company called Cryoin, which plays a big role in the global production of semiconductors. Cryoin makes neon gas, a substance used to power the lasers that etch patterns into computer chips. It supplies companies in Europe, Japan, Korea, China, and Taiwan, But most of its neon is shipped to the U.S., the company told Wired. Now analysts are warning that the ripple effects caused by disruption to Cryowin's supply could be felt around the world. Cryowin's production of neon and other gases ground to a halt on Thursday as the invasion began, says business development director Larissa Bondarenko. We decided that our employees should stay at home for the next couple of days until the situation is clearer to make sure that everyone is safe, she says, adding there was no damage to the facility as of Monday. Despite plans to restart production over the weekend, missiles over Odessa meant it was still too dangerous. Bondarenko, who lives half an hour away from the site by car, says she has been sleeping in her basement. Thank God we have one in our house. Semiconductors act as the technological brains in our phones, laptops, smart homes, and even cars. The industry is already wrestling with shortages as it struggles to keep up with pandemic demand for devices. In 2021, chip shortages restricted production for almost every major car maker, with companies like General Motors shutting entire factories as a result. Apple, one of the world's largest chip buyers, told manufacturers in October that it would make 10 million fewer iPhones in 2021 than planned due to chip shortages, according to Bloomberg. 
But Russian aggression in Ukraine is making the industry nervous that these shortages could be intensified by a repeat of 2014, when prices for neon gas spiked by 600% in response to the annexation of Crimea. Last week, U.S. and Japanese governments were scrambling to make sure that will not happen again, pressuring their chip industries to find alternative sources of this obscure gas before it's too late. Ukraine is just one of a series of choke points in the global semiconductor industry. Around half of the world's neon gas comes from the country. Techset, an electronic materials advisory firm which advises some of the world's biggest chip makers, including Intel and Samsung, told Wired. Ukraine's neon industry was built to take advantage of the gases produced as byproducts of Russian steel manufacturing. What happens in Russia is that those steel companies that have the facility to capture the gas will bottle it and sell it as crude, says Lita Sean Roy, president and CEO of Techset. Then someone has to purify it and take out the other gases, and that's where cryoin comes in. When Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, the world's chipmakers were even more dependent on Ukraine because the country supplied around 70% of neon gas. There were delays in shipments because of border crossing issues, says Sean Roy, and the raw materials needed to make neon were also in short supply. Russia was focusing a lot of their efforts on war and not making steel. Burned by that experience, the chip industry scrambled to diversify its supply. A company called Symer, which is owned by Dutch chip giant ASML and makes the lasers used to draw patterns on advanced semiconductor chips, tried to reduce its consumption of neon. Chipmakers are concerned about recent escalation of neon prices and supply continuity, David Knowles, vice president and general manager of Symer, said at the time without specifically mentioning Ukraine. Bondarenko says the price spike in 2014 was mainly caused by a feud between rival neon producers Cryowin and Iceblick, which is no longer operating. However, if access to Russian crude does become an issue, she says Cryowin has enough supplies to keep production going until the end of March. If that runs out, she claims there are Ukrainian crude producers that Cryowin can turn to as alternatives. Instead, she is more worried about getting neon out of the country. Borders right now are very overloaded as people, civilians, are trying to evacuate, she says. If the authorities of countries where our clients are located are able to influence the border situation for the commercial shipments, then that would be a great help, and it will not affect the whole industry worldwide. Chipmakers have played down how much they will be affected by the crisis in Ukraine. There is no need to worry, Lee Saki, CEO of South Korean chipmaker SK Hynix, said last week, adding the company had secured a lot of materials. Koichi Hageyuda, the Minister of Economy, Trade and Industry in Japan, said Japanese chipmakers are not expecting a major impact on their operations because they can source materials elsewhere. The country imports 5% of gases used in semiconductor production from Ukraine. But there are signs that despite the warning of 2014, Ukrainian neon still plays a major role in the industry. ASML told Wired it sources less than 20% of its neon it uses in its factories from Russia or Ukraine. Along with our supplier, we are investigating alternative sources in the event of a supply disruption from Ukraine and Russia, a spokesperson says. There are concerns that the U.S. is even more vulnerable. Last week, the White House urged U.S. chipmakers to find alternative suppliers, Reuters reported. We see huge amounts of imports coming into the U.S. from Russia and Ukraine, says TechSet's Sean Roy. It is my educated assessment that what's coming into the U.S. from Russia and Ukraine could be as much as 80 to 90 percent of all neon imports. U.S. chipmaker Intel did not respond to a request for comment. But sourcing neon from elsewhere will not be easy. Any disruption in Ukraine will hit chipmakers at a time when the industry is already under intense pressure from post-pandemic demand. 
The drive behind increased production is so strong that it is causing strain in the supply chain everywhere, even without a war, Sean Roy adds. So, there is no excess supply of this kind of gas that I know of, not in the Western world. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.